Cormani McLean was supposed to produce the best corner duo in college football with Travis Hunter, but he's not living up to his part of the deal. You are Locked On Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Buffs. This episode of Locked on Buffs is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Joining me today for this first segment to talk about someone from his neck of the woods is John Garcia Jr., my former co-host who is now the recruiting savant over at Rivals over there. So go check him out over there. He's got all the information you need on every single recruit, every team in the country. John, thank you for joining us. This is Locked on Buffs, your team every day. Okay, John, um, I brought you on because we're talking about Cormon McLean. He's from your neck of the woods. Um, and Coach Prime kind of had a harsh message for why Cormani doesn't have a bigger role. Um, because if you guys have been following the Colorado team and Colorado podcast, Locked on Buffs, like myself, you know that they're down Travis Hunter. Um, they're down a few guys at corner spot. They had Travis J playing corner, and he's a, a natural safety, I would say. Correct. So it wasn't. It doesn't make sense why the five-star corner, who everybody was so excited about, isn't playing until it's 42 to whatever in the fourth quarter. So let me show you guys a quick little video um, as to what Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, had to say, and then we'll kind of digress from there. Cormani seeing the field is up to Cormani. Uh, I wonder if you could elaborate on what you want to see him do, one. And two, did he help his case? Study, late, prepare. Late, late Study, late. prepare, be on time for meetings, show up to the dark meetings. Understand what we're doing as a scheme. Want to play this game. Desire to play this game. Desire to be the best in this game. At practice, in the film room, uh, and on your own, free time. You do know that I check film time for each player upon the week. Thursday, I need film time from the whole staff so I can see who's been preparing. And that's just not about commodity. It's about a multitude of things. So if I don't see that, that it, you would be a fool to put somebody out there and they're unprepared. So, John, let me get the screen fixed going. Okay, so Coach Prime talks about He's just not doing what he needs to do as a college football player. Can you kind of, what are your takes on that? Because I'm pretty sure that's your first time seeing that video, correct? Yeah, it is. And look, this is what you can't scout, right? Th these are the elements where it goes well beyond the physical. Nobody's going to deny Cormine McLean's physical ability, legitimate five-star, six foot two, 180 pounds, ball skills, speed, Great wide receiver at the high school level as well. So even though we thought, yeah, you know, he's going to have some room to work from a technical standpoint, this is the element that you really cannot scout. You know, the want, the, the idea of self-teaching, like like Prime, you know, identified there. So, and I think this is this is one of the first of all, it's early for Cormani. Let's let's say that he's a month into his collegiate career, in essence. But two, you know, I think this is the other side of scouting, right? You know, this is why you go to the combine, right? And everyone's interviewing you. They're asking you random questions about your diet and your home life and how you grew up. And you're just just to try to identify checkpoints from a mentality standpoint, as opposed to 
the physical, all of that stuff, that scouting is all done. It's about, hey, what kind of person are we dealing with here? And it's about accountability. And you can view this one of two ways from Prime himself, because this has now come up twice. One, you can view this as tough love and, you know, hey, you know, something needs to change and I need to change it publicly because privately, whatever we've tried to do hasn't quite worked. Or you can view it on the other side of it as this is sending a message to the entire buff organization, right? This is, he's going to be a, a short-term scapegoat for the entire wake-up call that needs to happen with, with the entire roster after what happened uh, up in Eugene. So I think you can look at it one of two ways, but there's no doubt the moment Travis Hunter missed a play, much less, you know, the rest of that game and, and into this past week, people started asking, where is Cormani McClain? Because from a talent perspective, only Travis Hunter on that roster deserves to see the field before Cormani McClain. So obviously there's more at play here. He is a freshman coming out of, you know, Lakeland, Florida, uh, where, yeah, he was a two-way guy, very much, you know, in control of his own destiny, if, if that makes sense. And the learning curve at the next level has a lot to do with scheme, right? Especially with a raw player like Cormani, who, let's be honest, at the prep level is getting away with a lot because of his natural gifts and athleticism, more so than playing great leverage, turning at the right time, playing the football through the hands, staying in phase, all of the things you hear with great corners you know, independent of the scheme. Cormani was able to kind of do that because he's just bigger, longer, faster than you were at the high school level. So I think all of that is that play uh, in this situation, but there's no doubt this is, this is Dion trying to say, Hey, wake up Cormani. This is a full-time deal at the collegiate level, buy into the scheme, buy into your role within that scheme to then have an opportunity to see the field. Cause it's really about accountability. Cause otherwise, um, even if you're the best athlete on the field, if you're not, you know, in the right alignment or doing the right assignment, you're, you're going to look, you know, you're going to get embarrassed worse than the team already did this past week. So I think all of that rolls into what what Prime said. I don't think you go so specific with one player, though, if there's not some merit behind it. Yeah, and I think to kind of touch on that, that's I would say the disappointing part for Colorado fans is I think maybe the, the expectations to have him and Travis starting alongside each other from week one was maybe a little unrealistic because obviously he got there during fall camp. And I always remind people fall camp is literally like 30 days. So it's like you have one month to prepare for a whole season, um, especially a team that had a bunch of new players after the spring game and spring ball. So that part, I would say it's a little disappointing for Colorado fans to kind of see that he's this far behind in terms of like a lot of the stuff that coach prime brought up seemed preventable like is is him being ready to play against college athletes something that we could account for no that's only something the coaches could see that's what Cormani could see but going to class watching film which apparently the coaches track um religiously um i i figure they tracked but not every thursday that feels a lot like a lot but he's not going to class not attending meetings uh, not showing up for meetings it just seems like there's a lot to college football that maybe Cormani McLean wasn't ready for in terms of like the day-to-day life. Like we always hear about college athletes talking about how much their responsibilities are. And I think from the outside perspective, it's like, okay, you, it's, it's your responsibilities, but you still show up at the end of the day, you play football, but there's really a lot that goes into it. Can you kind of touch on the, the aspect of like what he's not doing, like how important that is to college coaches? Because obviously, like you said, you can't scout that at Lakeland, Florida. Um, I'm sure in high school, he probably got away with some things in terms of maybe he doesn't show up to class. I'm not saying I know this for a fact, but example, a lot of high school athletes, they kind of do what they want. And so it's not the same at the college level to the same extent. 
Absolutely. Look, you throw in the other factors, right? He, he transferred from his junior year to his senior year, Lake Gibson to Lakeland High School, small town USA. Yeah, you could understand if some of those elements were very, let's call it flexible around Cormani over the over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, when you get to college, it's different. You know, I think the buy-in there, it's it's very tangible. Right. You either do it or you don't. So I think the fact that he's missing class and meetings says a lot about this transition and how tough it is, because, yeah, look, I, I played small school ball nowhere near Colorado, but it was 6 a.m. lifts, meetings, then class and breakfast, then a traditional practice where you're going over the game plan for that week. And that's the other part. I mean, you miss one meeting, you know, every week your game plan is different. Your your calls, the scheme itself, the checks, all of those change week to week. Not to mention, hey, uh, USC is coming to town here. Uh, pretty big deal offensively in terms of trying to slow those guys down. So yeah, you switch that stuff and you you add on to the base stuff that you learn through camp in theory. Um, you know, every single week during the season itself. So if McLean is actually like missing meetings and and missing film time, I mean, that's that's about as, as red flaggish as it gets. You'd rather him go out there and, and miss tackles and get torched on nine routes 10 times a day than to miss that tangible time. Because really, that's the difference between just about every player on the field. Right. If you're a scholarship level collegiate athlete, um, and, and you're in a room full of them, there's not going to be much that separates you, even when the physical could be so different than an Amarian Cooper, than a Travis Hunter, than some of these other guys that are in that secondary, Travis Jay, who, yeah, was, was a safety at the prep level and a good one at, at Florida State before making his transfer. So, yeah, all of that stuff is, is head scratching. Um, but, yeah, it's just some of those things that you can't really understand until you, you get there and you either buy in or you don't. And it sounds like at least to this point, it hasn't been to the standard that, that Prime and everyone else uh, has set there in Boulder. Yeah, and I, I don't want to say he's a bust, but this is bust-like behavior um, for Kamani McLean. Um, it's a bold accusation. It's a bold claim to make. But when someone has this much expectation, and then just looking at what they're doing at corner, they have Travis Hunter's injured. They have another freshman who's injured. They have um, Travis Jay, who is fresh off an injury, hasn't played up until this point, and they threw him at corner. Um, he's a safety by nature, um, safety by trade, and they're throwing him at corner over you. So I feel like there has to be a wake-up call somewhere in there. Um, John, thank you for joining us for this first segment of the show. Um, appreciate you for hopping on and sharing your wisdom. Um, we're going to let you go, and you can find John over on social media. Uh, we're going to continue talking about what Coach Prime and company have to do to talk about or to take down USC this weekend. This episode of Locked on Buffs is brought to you by DoorDash. We want to thank John for coming on, but we also want to thank DoorDash for being so supportive of us. Um, if you've ever been missing the syrup for your pancakes or you just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer with DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you could get what you want right when you need it. Love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door with DoorDash Grocery Delivery. You could stock up for the whole week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. Um, you've trusted DoorDash to deliver your featured restaurant, your favorite restaurants, excuse me, and now you can get your groceries delivered um, and they actually deliver them too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You want even more value? You can add, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. So you get 50% off your first, your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery freeze on your first order. 
When you download DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On College, don't forget that's code Locked On College for fifty percent off your first order with our good friends over at DoorDash. Yeah, I wanted to thank John for coming in on. I wanted to have John's perspective. Obviously, John covered him um, as a recruit. He's from, like I said, they're from the same area in Florida. So John was covering his recruitment closely. Um, was all over Cormani when he was from Miami or when he was going to Miami and all the things that were going on. So I wanted to get his perspective on what is going on with Cormani because I feel like sometimes um, I don't want to sound like I was beating a dead horse, but it is quite disappointing to see Cormani not able to perform um, at this level and not be able to perform at the team at the level the team needs. Um, let's dive into what Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, says about his critics because uh, obviously he's had a lot of them. So. Over the past few days, weeks, months, really, Coach Prime has been criticized heavily for everything from the way he uses the transfer portal to the way he was wearing sunglasses and a hat by Jay Norvell. Um, and then, most recently, Dan Landing says that Colorado is in the game for clicks, not for wins. And obviously, that was an interesting thing to say as he had a an ESPN, tele, or ESPN camera just pointed right at him and it was like, okay, I'm going to say this, get this on camera, um, because ESPN's Pete Thamel and Reese Davis both said that was premeditated. So he kind of had that planned, um, seemed very for clicky for me, but whatever. And then Oregon also has a bajillion uniform combinations and kind of they were bragging about their color changing cleats based on the heat of your body, whatever it may be. Um, but he did say Coach Prime was for clicks. And so, so Coach Prime was asked about it again. And so this is what his response was. I'm just going to read it to you because it was a short one. Um, he was quick. He was asked about the messaging from others this season about why people are constantly going after him. He says, I came out of the womb and I was booed. Um, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. Um, and I feel like that's the perfect, the perfect way to, to answer that because realistically he has been, he's been criticized every single step of the way. Uh, I think there's a kind of a notion that, you kind of just take any shot you want at coach prime because he won't respond. And I think we're seeing that. And it's not because he's, he's shy about responding. It's because he knows the platform he has is far greater than any other coach in college football. I think even Nick Saban in terms of fame and probably give the edge to coach prime in terms of career success, obviously at the coaching level, it's going to Nick Saban, but there's not a single coach in college football who could take as much and not really say anything because if, for example, Dan Landing, he attacked Skip Bayless for what he said about the Coach Prime Dan Landing situation. And Dan Landing, no one really batted an eye. It was like a few articles written about it. It was like, okay, Dan Landing calls up Skip Bayless. But imagine if Deion San if the headline was Deion Sanders calls out Skip Bayless, calls out Dan Landing. That article is going to go viral for, for weeks. Uh, I wrote an article about him calling out Kendall Bryles for how he treated Shadur. And that article has is still doing well. And I wrote that ahead of the TCU game. So there's a lot of, there's levels to this, as they say, and coach prime is at a far different level than anyone else. And so when it comes to him taking criticism, but not giving it back, it totally makes sense, but he's still going to get this criticism and it's still going to happen, especially after they lose games. I think this week, if they lose to USC, which I, I feel like this is a, it's going to be a better game than the Oregon game just because USC has some issues that need they need to figure out. But people are still going to criticize him. I just don't think USC's Lincoln Riley's going to criticize him because he's actually been very supportive of Coach Prime. But you're still going to catch that Coach Prime criticism nonstop. And so 
that was the interesting part. I, I appreciate his, I was criticized out of the womb um, perspective because I think people don't realize he's legit been criticized since he was in college, probably even before. Um, I'm sure his college decision was controversial. I don't know. But Coach Prime has been at the forefront of everyone's attention from college until now. And that's a lot of pressure to be under. But when you're someone like him who's built for the pressure and is ready for the kind of, I don't want to say the scrutiny, because you don't plan on being scrutinized, but you kind of expect it. And he is ready for it at all times. And so I like his approach. I hope he could give this approach to the team because obviously they're going to get criticized heavily um, every time they lose a game. So it's going to be tough to continue to, for the buffs at least, it's going to be tough to see all the people turn on them. I went. I, I would say they went from America's team to enemy number one. Uh, that video of Sh- uh, Shiloh Sanders telling the Oregon players that he was going to mess them up and he's going to beat their what you know what, and that didn't help their case. Um, let's just be honest. And I think now people kind of view them as, oh, that was a great Cinderella story. That was America's team. To now, it's like, yeah, we want you to lose. Um, so there's a different approach to Colorado, and I think. If Coach Prime can implement this mindset to his team, they will be A-OK moving forward. By the way, if you want to be A-OK, I need to tell you guys about Jace Medical because there is this thing called the Jace case. It provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of our board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care with from our physician on any treatment-related questions. Doctor created, doctor recommended. Don't get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluations to licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. So let me tell you about a time where maybe someone wasn't feeling prepared medically. Um, Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides life five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not hoping that you have access to medication in emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand, and Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything in the online evaluation to license pharmacy medication, delivery, and ongoing consultation care. Don't get caught unprepared. Uh, things like people not receiving their package in time or the store doesn't have what they need, or maybe there's shortages due to um, reliance on China, China and supply chain issues. With the Jace case, you don't have to worry about that. So if you want to be prepared, get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Be prepared. It's never, it's never a bad thing to be prepared for the unexpected. Last topic of the day. We are talking about my biggest concerns for USC because I've talked about my keys to victory and these will kind of coincide, but these are my four worries about Colorado against USC up first. And this is a key to the victory. So you're going to hear some of these. You're going to be like, that's the same, but this is what I worry about when I watch this Colorado team is can the offensive line protection or Sanders USC's defense is not by any means, um, not a stellar defense. Oregon's defense is the top defense in the country. USC's defense, not so much. They're in the 70 range. They're doing okay. But in terms of team sacks, they currently rank third in the country. They have whew, they have 16 sacks through, uh, through four games. Uh, only Louisiana has more with 18. And then Marshall, who ranks first in the country, has 15 through three games. 
So they're averaging four sacks a game. They have one of the best uh, pass rushes in the country. And Colorado has one of the worst pass blocking uh, units in the country. Richard Sherman has already said that he thinks they're going to need to replace all five linemen. That's a worry of mine. Getting pressure on Caleb Williams is something I think the Colorado Buffs can do. But bringing him down is a whole different end. And let me tell you why. If you watch Caleb Williams play, he is one of the most elusive quarterbacks in college football. Uh, it's not because, I mean, he's pretty athletic. I'm not going to take that away from him, but it's not because he's taken off and running all the time. It's because he will run in circles around your pass rush for five minutes before he decides to throw the ball to a wide open Zachariah branch or last year it was Jordan Addison through four games. He's been sacked five times and it's rare. Uh, he's only rushed 21 times for 71 yards. He has three rushing touchdowns this year. He's not, he's a dual threat quarterback, but he's not like a quarterback that wants to run uh, and get yards and, kind of run for a hundred yards a game. That's not him. His game is stay in the pocket. If the pocket collapses, he will run outside the pocket and he's going to find someone downfield because obviously the more time he has back there, the more time uh, his receivers have to get open. So Colorado either needs to spy him or they need to really work on their tackling. Uh, their tackling has not been great. They had moments where they could have brought Bo Nix down. They had moments where they could have brought running backs down. So you got to bring Caleb Williams down receivers. I need and I think it was mostly in part due to the pass rush and the coverage that Oregon was that Oregon had. I need someone to step up. I think it's going to be Xavier Worthy, not Worthy, excuse me, Xavier Weaver or Jimmy Horn. I need one of those guys to step up. If they don't step up and kind of give Shadur a safety blanket target, we're going to have the same issues, same exact issues that they had against Oregon, and it's not going to be great. And then my final worry is the humbleness of Colorado. I think, and Colorado played this to where they don't talk, they never talk, it's only these other teams, and then all of a sudden Oregon releases a five-minute, basically a cinematic masterpiece um, in terms of like production value, and for the first portion of it, or the a certain section, I don't know if it was the first portion, a certain section was Colorado players talking that mess. It was Sh uh, Shiloh Sanders telling them that they were going to beat their, you know what, they called him small. Um, I think it was Bishop Thomas laughing at Bo Nix warming up. It was Trevor Woods stomping on the Oregon logo. It was another player walking into Autzen Stadium and saying, this bleep ain't whatever. Like, this thing ain't whatever. Like, Colorado came in way too cocky, and I think they need to come back down to reality. And I, I worry about how they're going to handle adversity. I think this... That game against Oregon kind of punched them in the mouths. And I don't think they needed to be punched in the mouths because I thought they had everything going for them. But they faced adversity for the first time, I would say, this season in a major way. Obviously, the Colorado State game had some adversity in it. But to go down that much, get embarrassed in front of 12 million people, that's embarrassing. So how do they bounce back? And that's my concern. If they're a strong-minded team, like I imagine Coach Prime has them prepared to be, I fully have faith in them. But if they're a kind of team that maybe needs good things to happen for them to feel positive about themselves, then that would worry me. So those are my four worries about USC. Uh, we're probably going to do a, lot, a crossover episode to this weekend, so I look forward to doing that. Um, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. We're at almost 3,500 subscribers. Let's get that number up. I appreciate you guys for making Locked on Buffs your first listen every day. I'm Kevin Borman. This has been another episode of Locked on Buffs. You guys have a great day.